Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Stayed on side. The late man Matthews. Great boom. What a goal. Beauty. Austin Matthews. Matthews flipped it up for Marner. Mitch Marner centering. Hyman to the net. Scores. He took fast down and his shot trapped is in the corner of the ring. All right, here we go. Episode 51 of Not Another Leafs podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network at Ken Stapon, at B McCarthy 95, at Leafs Pod, at Hockey Pod Net. And a reminder that this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. The second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. Well, at least it's in full swing, not for the Leafs quite yet, but hopefully tonight we'll see how that goes. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders to give you some skin in the game. And DraftKings Sportsbook will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot of up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's right, up to $10,000 in total Total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part is it's free to play. DraftKings free to play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results through the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. What do we want you to do? Download the top-rated DraftKings app and use promo code THPN to sign up and get your free shot up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Just head to DraftKings pool page. Just head to the DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So a last-minute scheduling change this morning as my co-host Brendan McCarthy got called into TSN, as it happens sometimes. So he was unable to join me. So we're going to be flying by the seat of our pants a little bit here on this Monday, May 31st, uh, ahead of Game 7 between the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Man, this has been an anxiety-inducing series. I'm sure that Leaf fans feel the same way as I do. It's been hard to watch. 
you know, the this team was in the driver's seat. You know, you're feeling good. They lose the first game, but, you know, no JT in the lineup. And there's a little bit of an emotional letdown. That's okay. You lose game one, and then you come back with three solid efforts in games two, three, and four. I thought they were the dominant team through that stretch. Uh, the results matched up with that. They get three straight wins, uh, and then they have a stranglehold on the series, up three to one. And then the Maple Leafs, <laughs> oh, and then the Maple Leafs started doing, well, Maple Leafs things. Toronto drops game five to the Habs. A terrible, terrible, egregious turnover by Alex Galchenyak. Like, my goodness, I know he was good in that game, but that was awful. It was horrendous. Like, I don't know what the hell he was thinking. It just throws the puck into the middle of the ice. It becomes a 2-on-0 going the other way for Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. And Jack Campbell, no chance. They bury it. Okay, fine. They win game five. Game six. Now you're going on the road to Montreal. There's fans in the stands. I don't remember what the exact number was. It was something to the tune of 3,500. No, no big deal, right? It's the forum. It's the playoffs. Like it's a big game, but Toronto's got this. They were dominant in games two, two through four. I'm feeling confident. Saturday night, let's go. Again, slow start. Toronto surrenders the first two goals of the game, and then they spend the majority trying to claw back. Ultimately, it's Jason Spezza who scores one for Toronto to cut the lead in half. Um I'm getting all the games mashed up here in my head. I can't recall who scored the second one. I believe it was uh, a deflection from Muzzin for the second goal. Tie it up 2-2. And then again, it goes into overtime. And ultimately, it's Jesperi Kokoniemi who gets the game winner to tie the series up at three. And now it's full panic time. Is it not, Leafs Nation? I mean, my goodness. Another Game 7. I, I want to press the full-blown panic button. I think Toronto's the better team in the series. I think they'll demonstrate it tonight. But Game 7. Against the Canadians. If Toronto loses the series, I'm going to have to go and dig a hole somewhere and hide out. Because this isn't losing to Washington. It's not losing to Boston in Game 7 twice. The second of which, you had a chance to close it out in Game 6 at home. But you didn't. This would be so much worse. So much more of a letdown than any of those games prior. I don't even care about the one back in the day where you blow the 4-1 lead in the third period and Boston wins. I don't even care about that one. A loss tonight would be more egregious than that loss to Boston, blowing that lead in the third period. The Leafs cannot lose this game. Not to Montreal, not in a series where they're the definitive favorites, not in a series where they're the better team, where they dominated the Canadian division all year, they added the trade deadline, and now you find yourself in a game seven, and anything can happen. Jack Campbell, I thought, has been outstanding. We've pumped his tires on this podcast before. He's been, for me, one of the best Maple Leafs. William Nylander, been outstanding this series. 
TJ Brody, outstanding. What are the Leafs going to do on D? Rasmus Sandin, uh, he had a tough game in Game 5. Obviously gets scratched for Game 6. Gets run over, sort of uh, hemmed up in his own zone. Ends up being the reason that the Leafs get a couple, or the Habs rather, get a couple of those goals. And now it looks like, I, I, I don't have a crystal ball here. They announced yesterday that there's no updates on Maple Leafs defenseman Jake Muzzin about whether or not he'll be able to go. But I'm going to assume that no update means he's not going to be ready. So, no Jake Muzzin tonight. Sorry, Maple Leafs fans. Uh, fingers crossed that he's able to go, but man, what a loss for this team. Everyone remembers what happened last year against Columbus when Jake Muzzin left the lineup. It was a disaster. It was a total disaster. He anchors that second pairing and is so important to this team's success. So to be missing him in a Game 7 would be catastrophic. But as you're not, we're not sure if he's going to be able to go. And Toronto's going to have to figure it out if he can't. Who they're going to play on that second pairing with Justin Hall, whether it's you bump Bogosian up or then you do a third pairing of Dermot Sandin. Yikes. I'm not sure anybody would really love to see that. You just end up sent rolling Riley and Brody over the boards a whole bump, a bunch more. I'm not sure what the answer is if he's out, but I would say it looked like a, a groin injury, I believe, and those aren't always the ones that players recover from ultra quickly. Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews need to be the best players on the ice tonight. <laughs> Isn't it, that seems like a stupid statement to make because obviously these two players should be the best players on the ice, but they haven't been for whatever reason in this series. And, you know, I would not be surprised to find out that, you know, Austin Matthews has been battling an injury. I've seen a lot of commentary on Twitter uh, that that could be the case. And you figure, you know, whenever a series ends or when a team gets knocked out of the playoffs, which hopefully will not be tonight for Toronto, you know, the long list of the injuries comes out. I would not be surprised to find out that Matthews has been battling an injury. But for these two players, Marner in particular, and we'll get into his stats in just a minute, they need to be better. They need to be the dominant players that they were during the regular season. They need to dominate the matchup with Philip Deneau and Brendan Gallagher. Sheldon Keefe, last change of Game 7, he's going to dictate the terms of who Marner and Matthews are going to be matched up against. And part of the problem is without Tavares, Matthews and Marner have been getting a lion's share of the defensive zone draws. Problem is they aren't as effective there. And we've talked about it before. Tremendous defending from these two players. I love them on defense, but they're most effective when they're in the offensive zone. So Sheldon Keefe's going to have to figure out a way to get some other guys that he's confident in out on the ice to take the defensive zone draws. And I don't know if that means dressing Riley Nash. Maybe we can see him for the first time this series. I'm not sure if that's the answer, but Matthews and Marner needs to come up big. Uh, we posted a poll on Twitter, at least spot. Who is feeling the most heat heading into game seven? Guess what the choices are. Marner, Matthews, the head coach, Sheldon Keefe, or the front office, mainly Kyle Dubas. 
Mitch Marner leading the poll right now with 50% of the votes. Austin Matthews second with 30% of the votes. Uh, Keefe not feeling any of the pressure, apparently, according to the Leaf Station, just 3.6% of the votes. And the front office, 16%. So it's pretty clear that the fan base agrees with my perspective that the pressure is all on 16 and blue tonight to figure it out and be able to show up in a big game. Here's Maple Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe on Marner and Matthews. In a game of this magnitude, those guys need to be difference makers for us. Like I said, we're not down on their game and how they've played. I think they've played really well. And I think, as I said, I've gone through and looked at the number of chances that they've missed throughout and just just how fine a line it is from them, uh, you know, really breaking out and having huge offensive numbers uh, to being where they're at here now. Obviously, there's been increased attention on it now that we've lost the last couple of games. But when you know when we were in control of the series, less so. Um, and I thought they had been doing a good job there. They, you know, they they know the responsibility they have to the team. Um, that said, it doesn't take it or it doesn't let anybody else off the hook, uh, myself included, uh, in terms of the roles that we have to play um, as a group to be able to to win a, a game of this magnitude. Even if they aren't down on their game. As Maple Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe just said, they need to be better. These two need to be better. During the regular season, Marner and Matthews combined for 61 of the Leafs' 186 goals. That's basically it's basically a third of the offense. That's that coming from Jonas Siegel at the Athletic. 61 of 186 goals. Guess how many goals this series? You everybody already knows. Matthews has one. Marner has none. Marner hasn't scored now in 17 consecutive playoff games. 17. I'm sorry, it's just, it's not good enough. If you want to hold the Maple Leafs organization feet to the, the feet to the fire, in the contract negotiation and ask for more money and say that you're a dominant player on this team and you deserve to be paid as such and you hold up the contract negotiation for the whole offseason based off of you know half a million dollars or whatever the hell the difference was. Well, now you, you're getting paid like a big boy. It's time to show up and play like a big boy. And he hasn't been good enough. Mitch Marner has not been good enough. He had the egregious penalty in the last game where he flicks the puck over the glass, puts the team in a really bad position, which actually I saw a funny stat on Twitter, by the way. Um, Mitch Marner has 12 penalty minutes in his career in the playoffs. One of them was a tripping penalty. The other five, two minutes for delay of game, flipping the puck over the glass. It happens. Take that and make with it what you will. It's just the stat. But to me, it indicates that he hears the footsteps sometimes. All right, what's the hockey equivalent for that? Here's the skate blades. He gets nervous. He acts accordingly, flipping the puck out of play, and he puts his team in a bad position. He needs to be better. Zero goals is unacceptable for Marner in his last 17 consecutive playoff games. I would expect them, that tandem that is, to come back with a big, big performance tonight. Everybody knows what the opportunity is at hand. It's game seven. This is a narrative driving game for this team. 
It could be a breaking point for this group. When you talk about the loss in Game 6 to Washington, all right, whatever. You weren't even supposed to make the playoffs. Then you talk about the losses to Game 7s in Boston. All right, the first one, you lose in Game 7. You know what, whatever. You were the dogs in the series. It is what it is. You know. Then the second one, you, know, you blow the opportunity in Game 6 to close out the series, and then you lose in Game 7. Okay, you were still the dogs in the series. But the last two playoff series, or whatever the hell you want to call it, the series against Columbus, Toronto was the definitive favorite. They were the better team on paper. They lose in Game 5. They don't make the playoffs officially last season. And then this year, you let a Habs team that's an inferior group, you we could call it what it is, they're an inferior team to Toronto. You let them claw back into a series when you have them up 3-1. And now we are in a coin flip game seven. Here's Sheldon Keefe on the opportunity at hand in game seven for his group. I think it's an incredible opportunity for our team. I woke up this morning extremely excited for our group last night. Yeah, you know, you feel like shit because what you've been through and you're right there in overtime, you could end the series and you don't get it done. Uh, but you wake up this morning and you think about the opportunity that our team has for everything that they've been through. Uh, uh, especially our core guys, uh, to have this opportunity on this stage to be to have this be the moment to, to push through it. I think it's it's an incredible opportunity. I'm very excited for our team to play tomorrow. I know that this is what the head coach has to say. It's an incredible opportunity. You know, after all our team has been through, blah blah blah, yada yada yada. It's all lip service. This is exactly what you would expect to hear of the head coach. He's right. You know, I don't want to say it's totally lip service. You know, there is an opportunity at hand here. But I, like, you can bet your bippy that this team wished that the opportunity wasn't on their doorstep again because every opportunity has the potential to go the other way. We talk about the word potential. We hate it. But this has the opportunity to go south for the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. This is a narrative-changing game for this franchise. Or it could be. Either that or it's piling on. It's piling on. The Leafs can't win Game 7. They can't get it done. They're chokers in the playoffs. Great regular season team. You know, they aren't built to play that style in the second season. Blah, blah, blah. We all know the narrative. But if Toronto loses this game tonight, then that narrative perpetuates. It continues. It's an opportunity for this group to put this thing to bed, to go and get a clean slate against Winnipeg. And don't get me started on Winnipeg, who's now going to be sitting there, you know, getting healthy, getting well-rested, Dubois getting a little bit of extra time off, Ehlers getting a little bit of extra time off, rest versus rust, blah, blah, blah. I don't even want to get into that. Because none of it matters, ultimately, if the Leafs can't figure out how to get it done tonight, Monday, May 31st, in Game 7. And they need to start off better. They started slow in Games 5 and 6, and it really hurt them. Here's Maple Leafs forward Zach Hyman on the slow starts in those two games. Yeah, no, I think you know, that's unexcusable, obviously. I think it's something that um, we've discussed as a team, and uh, you know, we put ourselves in a good position being up 3-1, and now we have to take advantage of it in Game 7. So... Um, you know, that's on us and, and we'll be ready to go for, for game seven. We can't change anything in game five or six. It's something that we have to 
grow from and learn from and, and be ready for game seven. I think that the guys are ready and it's a, it's a huge opportunity. It's, it's an exciting time for us. Um, and I think everybody knows that. And um, yeah, Montreal, Toronto, game seven, we'll be ready. He's absolutely right. The slow starts are unacceptable. And they can't do it again tonight. We know how important the first goal is in these games. Basically, the team that scores the first goal wins 60-plus percent of the games. So, yeah, you can crawl back, but Toronto's put themselves in a hole the last couple. You don't want to be, you know, entering the third period down 2 nothing. You don't want to have to be relying on Jack Campbell. How about putting a couple in the net for him and letting him play with the lead? How about getting some pucks on net and getting some deflections on Carey Price? Because obviously beating him straight up hasn't been working for this group. I think they've done a good job of that, getting bodies to the net, getting deflections, figuring out ways to create offense for themselves to beat this guy. Because he seems to be... I know we talk about, I've talked about in the past, I've been hard on Price. He's, hasn't, his numbers haven't been great over the last several years in the regular season. The $10.5 million contract, the, you know, he's been inconsistent. But there's a reason that he has the pedigree he does. And he's showing it again, again in this postseason. I was probably an idiot to doubt the fact that he'd come out playing at a high level. But he's looked outstanding. And Toronto needs to figure out a way to create offense with deflections, with you know bodies in front of him. Because beating this guy straight up doesn't seem to be the motive right now. And there's doubt. There's doubt for the fan base. There's doubt for the players. Here's Maple Leafs defenseman Morgan Riley on the pressure of playing in another Game 7. Yeah, I think it's natural during a, you know, playoff series to let doubt creep in a little bit, but it's on us to control that. And, um, you know, I think that, I mean, as a group, we have to approach it like we have to win one game. I mean, you know, I don't think we're overly happy with how we got here, but the reality is we have to go out there on home ice tomorrow and win one game. And I think that we have a, a, a huge belief in our group to be able to, to, to play with anybody, to beat anybody one time. And so it comes down to our work ethic, our preparation, and, um, you know, again, having that belief, having that confidence, and just going out there and playing with it. This is a very honest commentary from Morgan Riley. Because it is natural that doubt would creep in. They've been here before. They've blown leads. They've lost series. And when you're up 3-1, and then you find a way to squander two games... You find yourself in a game seven, obviously there's going to be some doubt. And the team just has to figure out a way to manage that. To manage the expectations and not let the moment get too big for them. This is where we see what this group is made of. If they've learned. If their experience in elimination games in the past will come to the forefront against a young Montreal team. Now, I don't want to be too traumatic, but if this group loses again this year, there's probably going to be significant changes in the offseason. I'm not talking about to the head coach, and I'm not talking about to the general manager. Both their jobs are safe. 
But if they lose again tonight, I'm not sure that you can go to war with this group again next season. Not the exact way that it looks now. There's going to have to be significant changes. And depending on which, which camp you're in, a lot of people have opinions on which player gets shipped out. But that puts even more pressure on, you know, 16 in blue and 34 in blue tonight to get it done. Again, we mentioned the Jake Muzzin injury, so no updates on him. Hopefully he's ready to go for Toronto's sake as their decor will be uh, fairly depleted if that's not the case. And we'll have to see what Sheldon Keefe decides to do, whether he bumps Bogosian up, goes with the third pairing of Dermot Sandine, whether Ben Hutton cracks the lineup. Uh, remains to be seen, but we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Also, I should mention uh, that Doug Ford has allowed 550 fans to come into the stands tonight. All healthcare workers, frontline workers who are fully vaccinated, so at least there will be a little bit of a presence in the Maple Leafs barn tonight. Small presence. It's better than nothing. This is the big advantage, right? This is why you play the regular season, so they can have Game 7 in your own barn with some fans in the stands. So, classy move from MLSC. From my understanding, they're giving everybody a free jersey and taking care of all the expenses associated with it for the frontline workers. So, a classy, classy move from MLSC, and there will be fans in the stands tonight at Scotiabank Arena for Game 7 between the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Whew. All right, let's move to around the league. So the Colorado Avalanche last night blew out the Vegas Golden Knights 7-1 to to take a 1-0 series lead. This was a peculiar game for me because for whatever reason, well, you, we know what the reason was. You know, Flurry in the first round plays all seven games for the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, goes 4-3. and three. Obviously, they win game seven. Uh, one shutout in that series. He looked impressive, just giving up uh, 2.14 goals against a 9.32 save percentage. Or a 9.31 save percentage, I should say. In the that series against Minnesota. So, Fleury looked outstanding. In Game 1, Pete DeBoer decides to go with his backup, or whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, Robin Leonard. I think we can say that Fleury's the definitive starter with his play to this point in the Vesna conversation. So he decides to go with Leonard, and it was a tough night for the Vegas Golden Knights secondary goaltender. 7-1. And, oh, you know, when a team loses 7-1, you know, sometimes it can be for crappy goaltending. This was a situation where I thought Vegas looked a little bit slow. They were tired. They're coming off the seven-game burner. Whereas the Colorado Avalanche, you know, the whole rest versus rust debate that we were bringing up earlier with Winnipeg, Colorado was rested. They take care of the Blues in four games, and they came out flying last night. The debate actually started, again, as it does to seem to every postseason, of who the best player in the world is. And I think the answer is definitively Connor McDavid. My roommate last night, Patrick, was making a case for Nate McKinnon. And part of the crux of his argument was, if McDavid's the best player in the world, how come... He gets bounced from the playoffs every year. And McKinnon's avalanche seems to have more success. He's an outstanding playoff performer. He got his eighth of the playoffs last night. And that like top unit 
with Landeskog, Rantanen, McKinnon. Like, the Avalanche are steamrolling teams right now. And all of this without their secondary center, Nazem Kadri. They're, they're, they look like such an outstanding group. And although McDavid, I think, is the best player in the world definitively, there is going to be questions now of whether or not he can elevate his play to get the Edmonton Oilers over the hump. And I know McKinnon's on a friendlier contract and he has more players surrounding him. But this conversation is going to continue to manifest itself unless McDavid is able to get over the hump. So you figure almost definitively after a 7-1 performance that we'll see the flower in Game 2. And Vegas uh, down one nothing in that series to Colorado. Uh, Boston also up one nothing in their series to the Islanders. David Pasternak, I mean, what else can you say about this guy? A hat trick in Game 1. Uh, that top unit, we talk about the top unit in Colorado. The top unit in Boston has been one of the best lines in the league for forever. Bergeron, Marshawn, and Pasternak. I heard during this broadcast that at this point, or at the points in the game, I'm not sure if this, like what the exact number is now, but the perfection line had attributed for 10 of the 18 Bruin goals this postseason. And that's what you need. The best players are dominating. We talk about the best players for the Leafs needing to step up in the postseason. The best players for the Avalanche are the best players. McKinnon's the best player for the Avs. Pasternak, Bergeron, and Marchand are the best players for the Bruins. And you're seeing the results. Matt Barzal? Oh, goodness. You know, Islanders fans love to talk about this kid being the future and saying, oh, it's all good that Tavares left. Well, Barzal looks outclassed in this series. In the game one, he was outchanced 16 to 4, 5 on 5. And if the Islanders want to have any chance of getting back into this series, Matt Barzal is going to need to figure out how to be more effective 5 on 5 against that top line for the Bruins. And it's hard. It's hard. Against those guys. They shut it down defensively just as good as they are. They're better almost defensively than they are on offense. They're Just their two-way game is outstanding. But Barzal needs to be better if the Isles are going to stand any chance of clawing back into this series. Because it doesn't seem like the Islanders are going to be able to gum it up enough to slow down Boston's attack in this series. The Tampa Bay Lightning also up one nothing on Carolina. Not a huge surprise. Tampa Bay is the are the favorites again coming into this series. I think that Carolina is a very capable opponent. Vasilevsky, though, is what stands out for me in this series and is what stands out for Tampa Bay that gives them the definitive edge. 29 saves, 5-on-5. Five five. Didn't give up any goals, 5-on-5. Five five. Andre Vasilevsky. You know, they give up one on the power play, but, you know, whatever it happens. You give up one on the power play. I think the Carolina had five power play opportunities in this game. So you give a good team that many chances, they're going to burn you. Meanwhile, Carolina on the other side, I thought that they looked pretty good, especially on the penalty kill. They only gave up one shot on the power play to Tampa Bay in game one. Only problem was, was that one shot ended up in the back of the net. And then who gets the game winner? It's Barclay Goudreau from Blake Coleman. Two pickups at last year's trade deadline. Paying dividends for the Tampa Bay Lightning again. These guys are playoff performers. 
and they got it done in the big in the big moments for Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay is able to get a difficult win in Game One to go up one nothing on the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, don't sleep on Carolina; they're they're good good club, really successful regular season. But Tampa Bay, they've they've done it. The defending Stanley Cup champions, and you saw why in Game One. It's going to be difficult to knock them off. So Carolina, a tough task. And they're going to need to rely on Nedeljkovic to have be outstanding in goal. They're going to have a chance to come out on top in this series. Let's go to the bar. All right, I'm not going to overthink this one because I think we all know what's at stake tonight. Uh, uh, who's at the bar for me is General Manager Kyle Dubas. And he's going to be have to, having to have a couple stiff ones uh, getting ready for was ultimately a defining game for this franchise tonight, Game 7. It's his group. This is his team. His fingerprints are all over it. He made the trades at the deadline. He brings in Felino, brings in Hutton, brings in Nash. You know, he signs the big deals for Matthews, for Marner. He makes the trade for Muzzin, Campbell. Signs TJ Brody. This is his group. Joe Thornton, Wayne Simmons. And the pressure's on. <laughs> Kyle's going to be needing to have a, a nice stiff Manhattan before. My God, what's going through his mind? Him and Brendan Shanahan must be walking on eggshells around MLSE trying to avoid Larry Tannenbaum, the president. Because this could be a very precarious situation pretty damn quickly if this group is not able to get it done. You know, I was remiss to mention this because I wouldn't want to jinx it. But this is episode 51 of Not Another Leafs Podcast, which is the Jake Gardner edition. This, uh, A.K.A. Mr. Game 7. So hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully, this doesn't jinx the Maple Leafs effort tonight. And thanks for listening to episode 51 of Leafs Pod on Ho- the Hockey Podcast Network. Throw us a follow on Twitter, at Ken Stapon, at McCarthy 95 at Leafs Pod, at HockeyPodNet. Good luck tonight, and enjoy. try to enjoy the game, Toronto fans. That's what it's all about, right? Enjoying the game, and uh, we'll chat later.